Welcome to track number 15 of the message of sacrifice. Number one, let's go through all the points we've been through all these hours we've been here. Number one is what? Amen. Sacrifices are stopped. They are opposed by who? By the Antichrist or anyone like the Antichrist. Amen. Is that not so? When the Antichrist, Danny, when the Antichrist comes, what is he going to do? He's going to stop sacrifices being done. That's why sometimes when I'm giving, I don't tell anybody. Because many times when I want to give, if I discuss it, I won't give it. How many have felt that before? If you discuss, I want to do this. You discuss it. It will suddenly look odd. It will suddenly look odd. And the person who stops the sacrifice. You see, when we say sacrifice, I didn't say giving what is convenient. Doing what is convenient. I'm saying paying something that is painful. That costs and hurts. And that is almost risky. That is what's the meaning of sacrifice. And the antichrist or antichrist people are against sacrifices. And there are many antichrist people in the church. I'm not talking about unbelievers. I'm talking about Christians. You and I here. Amen. Let's go on. Next one. Let's read that quickly from Matthew chapter 16. I want us to read that again. Satan is directly opposed to what? Satan is directly opposed to sacrifice. Is that not so? Matthew chapter 16. Hmm? Verse 21. From that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go unto Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders. And do what? And suffer. Is that not so? Many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes. And be killed. Huh? And be raised again the third day. Antichrist and Satan will say, don't do it. An Antichrist wife will say, don't be full-time in the ministry when the husband wants to be full-time. Oh, yeah. A Satan wife will say, don't be full-time in the ministry when he wants to be. Jesus said, I am going to suffer. I am going to... You let's have a discussion in your personal house today. How many here are married? Raise up your hand if you are married. How many are not married? Raise up your hand. Father, thank you for husband, wife, blessings. In Jesus' name, receive it. You don't like blessings, eh? Okay. I reserve it for those who like it. You have a meeting in your house with your spouse and say, look, I've decided to do this thing. We are going to suffer. We won't have money. We are going to be poor. We are going to struggle. And we are going to even die. One day when I travel or some, I go somewhere, I will die and I won't come back. What do you think? What do you think they will think? Huh? We are going to pray about it, isn't it? Are you sure of what you are saying? I don't think it's a good idea. Really? You are just being emotional. 
What did Peter say? What was Peter saying? Notice. Verse 22 of Matthew 16. Very important. And then Peter took him and began to rebuke him saying, <laughs> Be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. Amen. Verse 23. But he turned and said unto Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan. For thou art an offense unto me. For thou savorest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. Amen. Are you, are you with me? Listen, what I'm sharing with you is actually the main thing that is absent from most of you here. This thing is actually the main problem with. You see, you, you are not ignorant. You are not unintelligent. You know what I know. How many feel you know what I know? You know what I know about loyalty because I wrote it in the book. So once you have the book in your hand, you, you have what I know. So you can have all the books that I've written and they're just in your hand. So to a certain extent, you know what I know. You actually have what I have. You have brains. Judy, do you have brains? Yes. You are intelligent. You know the word. You pray occasionally. And, and you are born again. The thing that is separating you and differentiating the Christians is this particular issue of being able to sacrifice for God. You don't start your ministry, your life, except you sacrifice. You don't, you don't, you don't. You don't. And, and Jesus said, I've got to go. I gotta go, I gotta go. And Satan said, Jesus, Peter said, no, 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 at all. And it, you see, it sounds very nice. Very reasonable. When my mother-in-law, my, my mother-in-law is a good mother-in-law. Not all mother-in-laws are good. My mother-in-law is one of the good ones. And when I was going to be in the ministry, she tried to talk to me. She said, Dad. No, no. Even recently, you know, I remember, remember the way at the camp, some of you may have seen my parents, you know, they were at the camp. You know, when she, when she finished the camp, she was so touched. She, was so, she said she wants my picture. And so I said, hey, she wants my picture to wear a sticker somewhere. And I said, wow. She listens to my tapes. She asked me, have I got any books that I've written? But you see, all those things would not have existed. If at the time she was telling me I should not do this, I should go back to the pathology department, I should do that. You see, you don't even know that you are being used by Satan to stop somebody. I think you can turn this one off. <laughs> Amen. Are you listening to me? Yeah. I'm saying that you don't even know that you are being used by Satan. And you see, what it is is that the devil sees far. Far, 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 far. He knows what you are about to do. As soon as you walk into that sacrifice, you are going to bear much fruit. He knows it. So he said, no, no, no. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Satan is trying to prevent you from doing something great for God. Many years ago, my own sister, she took her money every month and she gave it to me. She worked. She was working in the UN. She sent me money every month to be a, a minister. She said, do it. Do it. 
she, she said to me, I remember sitting down in the house today and I talked to her, I said, Patrick, I want you to give me some money every month because I need, I want to be in the ministry. If you can give me money every month, just send it to me, I will change it and that is what I will use to live and I will make it. And she said to me, if you are going to do the work of God and you are going to preach and win souls, then I support it and I'm going to help you to do it. And she helped me. She helped me. She helped me. She's got a share in everything I'm doing, man. Oh, yeah. She's got a share right here. We are standing in this. Somebody paid it. You see, and now if she had not done it, I would not have been able to. Oh, yeah. You see, so that when, as soon as you hold back the sacrifice, you stop the whole ministry. If Jesus had not died, there would be no church. There would be nothing. If you have stopped me from doing what I'm doing, especially at the beginning. Now the church is there even. It's going to go on. But if you have stopped me then, you stop the whole church. So actually stopping a sacrifice is actually stopping a whole lot of things that you don't even know you are stopping. And so when you tell your wife or your husband, don't do that work. Don't give that money. You don't even know what you are stopping. One day, maybe when you get to heaven, they will show you. And you will say, what? Me? I'll say, yeah. And God may show you, I brought you to America and I blessed you because I wanted to use you to finance the work. That was the whole reason. That was the whole plan. But you never wanted to do it. You always had a new project. And you always had more mortgages and more things to pay. So you were never available. Because have you noticed, when goods are increased, they are increased that eat them. They are increased that eat them. Amen. Now, turn with me to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4, Matthew 4. Which one do you want? Any of them can work. Let's go to Matthew 4. How many points do you have? Satan, uh, that's what? That's the second point, is that not so? Great. Matthew chapter 4. Amen. Now, Matthew chapter 4. Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit. In, I'm, I'm in Matthew. I went to Matthew. I told you Mark, but I went to Matthew because Matthew was nearer. Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit in the wilderness and tempted of the devil. When he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward and hungered. And when the tempter came to him, he said, uh, He said, uh, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made into bread. But he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. Verse 5. Then the devil taketh him into the holy city, and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple, and saith unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thou down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge over thee. And in their hands shall bear, they shall bear thee up, and lest at any time thy, thou cast thy foot against the stone. Jesus said unto him, It is written, it is written, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Now, now we're coming to the important, everybody say devil. Say Satan, I've seen you. Say it again, Satan, I've seen you. Are you seeing him? See him clearly, oh, because he comes. If he came through Apostle Peter, if he can talk through Peter, and when he's talking through Peter, it sounds so decent, so logical, such good advice, full of, full of, full of, full of, full of 
of, of care and genuine love. Why wouldn't you allow your husband to work for God? Why? Why wouldn't you allow your husband to work for God? Pastor Joe, why wouldn't you let your wife work for God? Because you care for her. I, I, I kept my wife, you know, I don't want her to be under stress. And, you know, I've been thinking about her. See, my wife is a bit emotional sometimes. So I'm trying to just care for her. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Say, Satan, I've seen you. I can see you now. And when you can see Satan out there, then you don't flow with him. I say you don't flow with him. Because you can immediately... Jesus turned to his chief pastor, his founder, and said to him, Satan. I have a friend who was in McCarthy House in Edmonton so many years ago. There was a guy who was warning him, doing something. He said, stop it. And the guy kept on doing it. I said, stop what you are doing. And the guy was doing it. And I said, stop what you are doing. And he continued to do it. Then he turned around to him and he said, Satan, get there behind me. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy was shocked. He could not believe that he was being called Satan. <laughs> now, can you imagine if you are in your house and somebody tells you Satan? You know, it's like you take it as an insult. I mean, it's serious. Serious. It's a very serious thing. But you see, Jesus said that, and all the Gospels report this, this uh, discussion that happened. All of them report it's a very significant thing. When the head of the church was told, Satan, in other words, a nice, good person, even being used by God, can be used by the devil momentarily. Oh, I think that if the devil is there, Satan can, if God is there, Satan cannot be there. So because God is very powerful. God is powerful, but I don't know. There seems to be a mystery. You see, in the, in the realm of the spirit, there seems to be that what we consider as distance does not seem to be the same thing in the realm of the spirit. For instance, you can be far off and I can say a word and you'll be healed over there. You can be watching on the television and even in time, the program is over, but you are watching a repeat and you get healed. So it seems that distance and time are not how we perceive it in the natural. That is why, for instance, in the madman of Gadara, we saw two forces at work. When the man saw Jesus, the madman who was naked, cutting himself, fully possessed by the devil, living in the cemetery. Please, brother, it's not the right thing to live in the cemetery. Is that not so? Even when you live near the cemetery, you don't feel so happy. Is that not so? I was telling you about a brother. I went to visit his house. He dedicated. He showed me all his rooms. I prayed. He said, the very nice thing. And then at the end, he said, no, but there's a problem. And there's one thing. I said, what's the problem? He said, it's, it's, there's a cemetery behind the wall. <laughs> and, I, and I looked behind the wall and there were the graves I said man why did you come and live here what about somebody rises from the dead and comes to have breakfast in your house <sighs> anyway so this madman of Gadara was living in the cemetery what's happening you, you saw Satan <laughs> Now, when he saw Jesus, I'm, sh I'm showing you something that it looks like th things can be close. And yet, they seem to be totally opposite. When this madman saw Jesus, the Bible says he ran. He didn't walk. How many of you ran to church? Many of you came late to church. This man ran to church to get there early. And then the Bible says, and he worshipped Jesus. He worshipped Jesus, the man who was naked, 
possessed. Then the demons took over again and said, I adjure thee, torment me not. So in one person, in one flash, something was working. And then in another flash, something else was working. It's very common in Christians. It's very common among Christians. You see, that's why sometimes you can wonder, in one person who looks very good, you have this other very ugly thing that seems to come up from time to time and then disappears. In the same person, the Bible says the man worshipped Jesus. And then the things took over. I said, don't, don't send us out of this country. Remember the man who came to church in Mark chapter 1? The Bible says, as Jesus was preaching, he, he came to church. <laughs> demons would not have normally come. But the man came to church. And as Jesus was preaching, the demon took over. Because the demons couldn't stand it. You know, there's some people you talk to, they can't stand what you are saying. Don't torment, torment me not. He was being tormented by the word. So the two forces can be together. That's what happened with Peter. Two of them took over. And it looked so nice and decent. I say, Satan wears ties, suits. He wears nice dresses. He perms his hair. He wears lipstick. He's very beautiful. He came through Peter and said, don't do it. Say, I've seen you, Satan. Now, notice this is, this is, going, to, this is going to knock you down out of your chair. L- look at this. Matthew 4, verse 8. And again, the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain. And you notice the devil has various strategies. If this doesn't work, he tries this. If this doesn't work, he tries this. If this doesn't work, he tries this. Okay? And into a high mountain. And showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. And he said, All these things will I give thee, if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Now, why did Jesus come to this world, brothers and sisters? Why did Jesus come to this world? To save the souls of who? And who was Satan showing Jesus just now? Who, was, who, who, did, who did Satan show to Jesus? The what? The kingdoms of the world, including where? American, Ghana, Jamaica. Where? Kenya. Jer- Jer- what? Algeria. Sierra Leone. He showed all the countries and he said, I've got a plan. I know your plan is to save the whole world. So I've got a plan. This plan does not involve any pain. This plan does not involve much sacrifice. It's quite a simple strategy and it's going to achieve the same thing. And it's a guaranteed promise. And you, Jesus, you know what I'm saying is true. Just do this. You can avoid the pain. This is the non-pain route. non sacrifice, non-pain, non-pain, easy. Do this, and we're going to have the same result. Nah. And Jesus thought that I had seen you. You see, there are people here, you think you can live your Christian life without praying. Let me tell you something. You will never amount to much if you don't pray. It takes discipline to learn how to pray and stay in one place and pray. There is nothing like a way forward without these things just having a right attitude I believe in Jesus I believe in God and I'm a Christian you will never do well financially unless you start to learn how to give oh yes if you don't learn how to give you are sentenced to your own efforts your own efforts and just look at where your efforts will get you 
How many have been here for more than five years? In, in America for more than five years? Raise up your hand. How many have been here for less than five years? Okay. You've been here for less than five years. <laughs> I, I met with some, uh, some of our members in London, and I said, if you've been here for more than eight years, raise up your hand. So eight years, ten years, etc. So I, I met with them after church. I said, eight years, people. I want you to be able to give 500 pounds. If you can give 500 pounds today. At all. At all. Somebody said. <laughs> at all. You know, that's what Reverend Saki says when he's... You know, at, <laughs> when I was going to the mortuary, I said, you should come with me. <laughs> Five hundred pounds. Oh no, no, no! There was nothing like that. Eight years living in London, working, working, traveling. You don't. Not that they have and they don't want. They don't have it. Man. So ask yourself, what are you doing here? What are you doing here, Flavia? How long have you been here for? Two years. Good. By the third year. You see, in the, in the first year and the second. The third year, God will revive you and wake you up. So by the third year, ask yourself whether it's different from where you came from. You are originally from where? Uh-huh. You are not originally from here. Serious. I was praying for the people and I said, everybody who is in death, come forward. Almost the whole church came forward in London on Tuesday. I said, if you are not in, if you are in death, come. I want to pray for you. Buy now and pay later. Say, Satan, I've seen you. When you see that thing, that sign, buy now and pay later. Immediately say, Satan, I've seen you. <laughs> and don't think that those, those arrangements are not in Ghana. We have them all over. People ring and say, we are selling a Honda. We are selling a, this car. We are selling this car. We are buying my car that I use. I drive an Audi. And I'll do, people say, oh, you can just pay this. And then every man I say, please. When we have the money, we will pay. And when we've paid all, we'll come for the car. Till we've not paid, the car will stay with you. When we've paid all, then we come and collect the car. That's all. This is real car. The car you see moving is a real car. It's not a, it's not a, it's not a contract. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And if I can't afford it, I won't buy it. That's all. You are in a contract for 25 years. What will happen in seven years' time? In 20 years' time? What about the economy and the recessions and this and that and that? All those things. Man. <sighs> Listen. And Jesus said unto his Satan, get behind. For it is written, thou shalt worship. In other words, thou shalt sacrifice to the Lord your God. Thou shalt worship. Thou shalt worship. We shall offer unto God the sacrifice of praise. Which is the same as worshipping God. Let us offer unto him our sacrifice of praise. Amen. Listen my friend. My friend. You cannot go far with God except you sacrifice. I said you can't go far with God except you sacrifice. I have paid a price to be serving God and I am still paying a price. 
I pay the price to be where I am. And I'm still paying the price. And there is no way. Satan will always offer this is a non-paying way. This is the route that I'm offering to you. Just put up like this and then the whole world will be under you from now. But that's that half of the story. And then you will also be under me. Hallelujah. Are you listening to me? Are you still around? Okay, so we have two points under the sacrifice. Number one is what? Sacrifice is what? Are stopped by who? The Antichrist. Number two? Okay. Number three, Satan will trick you into not sacrificing. That's a new point. That's the one that we just did. He will try to trick you like how he tried to trick Jesus. You get it? Into not sacrificing. Satan will try to trick you into not sacrificing. Next point. Next one is what? Sacrifice is necessary to be, if you are to become truly fruitful. Brothers and sisters, let me tell you something. Except we sacrifice, the Maryland church will just be remain a certain, at a certain level. And let me tell you, see, those of you, we, we are, this is not a Ghanaian church or a black church. It's an international church. We want to reach out to all kinds of people. But it's going to take a lot more sacrifice. It's easy to relate to people you can relate with. It's much easier. But it's going to take much more to be able to go further. All our churches will just be groups of 10, 20 people or immigrants. You know, 10, 20 refugees and immigrants gathering together like, you know, lonely, lonely uh, travelers who want some uh, company. But when you have somebody who is prepared to pay a price, you suddenly become fruitful. I said you become fruitful. I said you become fruitful. I said you become fruitful. Jesus said, I said the seed die, it will abide alone. But when it dies, it just bears much fruit. Look, it costs something for this fruit that you are seeing in Lighthouse to be here. When I was sending our, uh, what do you call it, to New Zealand, they were living in London happily, British citizens, you live there, that's your country, etc. I said, go. So where do you want to go? I said, go, go to New Zealand. And they went to New Zealand. No job, no anything, no whatever. And they went. And you see, it, it costs something for, 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 for what you call it to be there. There is always a price. Always a price. Always a price. But when you die for Jesus, there's fruit. Everywhere where we have fruit, we have people who have paid a price. Among the churches, let me tell you, the pastors who are prepared to pay the price, you always see the difference in their churches. And those who are not prepared to pay the price, you see the churches are also at a certain level. I'm a bishop. I go around. I was in London recently. You see that among the pastors, you find out that one church where Pastor Richard is, a very large church. And then some of the others, smaller churches and so on. Then one particular church, see the church has become big. And the third church is in a very odd area. I've, I've been to London many times. I've never heard of that area before. I didn't know there were people there. I didn't even know the name of that area. And suddenly that church has become larger than all the others which were there before them. You should see that pastor standing on the roadside. This is a rich man with houses, not uh, uh, business deals. I say real houses which he has paid for. Yeah, real houses. And you see him standing there. He was witnessing once on the roadside. Uh, uh, and he reaches to some Cameroonian uh, Cameroonian high commissioner just standing on the roadside witnessing, talking to the people on the road, that's how he built the church and he's there, prayer, this 
witnessing, talking, soaking the word. Even we have camp meeting in America, he will come for the camp meeting. Yeah. He will, he, will, he will be here. He loves the work. He loves the work. And he pays the price and sacrifices. So you see the difference between those who sacrifice and those who don't sacrifice. Those who pay the price, you always see them bear him up. Jesus said that, except the seed fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it beareth much fruit. Amen. Amen. I want you to see my brothers and sisters let us decide to bear much fruit let us decide to, to sacrifice i was telling pastor michael unless he's prepared to make certain sacrifice this church in maryland is not going to go beyond a certain point of lonely uh, refugees and immigrants <laughs> oh yeah quick the same thing for baltimore if you're not prepared to sacrifice, the church will be just as the cities you'll be standing you see i said the difference between the fruitless and the fruit fall. Some of you in church, you don't, you don't bother to come early. You don't bother to help to arrange the chairs. You are the big executive. You come in, you walk in, and you walk out. You don't help with maybe instruments. You don't help with anything. You don't pay your first and best. You don't stack. There's nothing. You just, you're just there. Obviously, you will not bear fruit in Christ. But those who are prepared to pay and do something extra, you see them bearing fruit in the Lord. Wow. Next point. And you see, I'm going over, it doesn't matter, as I keep going over, because what you keep hearing, you begin to understand. What you hear over and over and over and over, you understand. You understand. How many are realizing you're understanding it better as, the, as, the, as it's being said over and over and over again? Amen. Next one is what? It's necessary to qualify as a normal Christian. What is that verse there? Luke, Luke 14, 26. And 27. Take up your cross. For let's sing that song. 200. Take up your cross. Follow me. Deny yourself. Follow me. Take up your cross. If you wanna be my disciple. Take it up. Take up your cross. Follow me. Deny yourself. Follow me. Take up your cross. If you wanna be my disciple all right next point how many are feeling hungry nobody's hungry great okay next point quickly next point quickly the sin of desolation what is it? what does it mean to be desolate destitute poor Barren, empty, it's desolate. Because all the place is desolate. So it's empty and deserted. Churches are deserted. The seats are deserted. The seats are empty, desolate. Because people are not prepared to pay the price. If I came to live here with you, you see, when I was in Accra this couple of weeks, I was fasting and praying with the church. I fast and pray with the church. And I pray with them from morning to evening every day. I lead them myself. I don't tell them, go and sacrifice. I lead them myself. It's easy to say, go and do and come. But I lead them myself. I pray with them. I fast with them. I told them we were doing, uh, what do you call it, monkey fasting. You know what monkey fasting is? Monkey is that you eat fruits after the fast. Because monkeys eat fruits. So we did monkey fasting for one week. 
after the fast, we eat oranges, bananas, uh, what do you call them? People beg me and I added granites to it, you know, peanuts to it. <laughs> you get it? So, so after the monkey fasting, I said we were going to do um, sparrow fasting. Is it monkey that we started with? Yeah, monkey fasting. Then I said, we, we, we do uh, sparrow fast. Sparrow fast is that you don't eat, you just fly. Dry fasting. So from Wednesday, we started. We started monkeys Mondays and Tuesdays. And then from Wednesday, we began the sparrow. And we're flying. And I, I'm leading the people myself. In fact, I, I cut short my program. 